So we'll begin today chapter 24, Srimad Bhagavatam, chanting the song sung by Lord Shiva. The great sage Maitreya continued, Vijisattva, the eldest son of Maharaj Prithu, who had the reputation like a father's, became emperor and gave his younger brother different directions of the world to govern, for he was very affectionate towards his brother. Maharaj Vijisattva offered the eastern part of the world to his brother Haryaksha, the southern part to Dhumrakesha, the western part to Vrika and the northern part to Dravina, formerly Maharaj Vijisattva. Vijatsva pleased the king of heaven Indra and from him received the title Antardhana. His wife's name was Shikhandini and for, by her he begot three good sons. The three sons of Maharaj Antardhana were named Pavaka, Pavamana and Suchi. You will have to mute your this thing Kalpana please. Formerly these three personalities were the demigods of fire, but due to the curse of the great sage Vashishta, they became the son of Maharaj Antardhana. As such, they were as powerful as the fire gods and they attained the destination of the mystic yoga power, being again situated as the demigods of fire. Maharaj Antardhana had another wife named Nabhastvi and by her he was happy to beget another son named Havirdhana since Maharaj Antardhana was very liberal. He did not kill Indra while the demigod was stealing his father's horse at the sacrifice. This is in continuation to last time's story if you remember uh, many times uh, Indra wants to take away the horse and run away with it because he doesn't want Maharaj Prithu to become the king of this entire land and we are now come to this end where Maharaj Prithu has taken Sanyasa after that and now and after Sanyasa he has got his release. If you remember in the last episode his wife had performed Sati and so on. Now this is once he had handed over the kingdom to his son what had happened is the things that are being related to you. Whenever Antardana the supreme royal power had to extract taxes, punish his citizens and fine them severely, he was not willing to do so. Consequently, he retired from the execution of such duties and engaged himself in the performance of different sacrifices. Although Maharaj Antardana was engaged in performing sacrifices because he was self-realized soul, he very intelligently rendered devotional service to the Lord who eradicates all the fears of his devotees. By thus worshipping the Supreme Lord, Maharaj Antardana wrapped in ecstasy attained his planet very easily. Havirdhana, the son of Maharaj Antardana, had a wife named Havirdhani who had given birth to six sons named Barisat, Gaya, Shukla, Krishna, Satya and Jitavrata. The great sage Maitreya continued, My dear Vidura, Havidana's very powerful son named Barhisat was very expert in performing various kinds of fruitive sacrifices and he was also expert in the practice of mystic yoga 
बट इज ग्रेट क्वालिफिकेशन बाई इज ग्रेट क्वालिफिकेशन ही वॉज नोन एज प्रजापति महाराज बरीसा एग्जीक्यूटेड मेनी सेक्रीफाइसिस ऑल ओवर द वर्ल्ड ही स्कैटर्ड कुसा ग्रासेस एंड केप द टॉप ऑफ द ग्रासेस पॉइंटिंग ईस्टवर्ड्स महाराज बरीसा हेंस फॉर्वर्ड नोन एज प्रचीना बरही वॉज ऑर्डर्ड बाय द सुप्रीम डेमी गॉड लॉर्ड ब्रह्मा टू मैरी द डॉटर ऑफ द ओशन नेम सतद्रुति हर बॉडीली फीचर्स व कम्प्लीटली ब्यूटिफुल एंड शी वॉज वेरी यंग She was decorated with proper garments, and when she came into the marriage arena and became circumambulating it, the fire god Agni became so attracted to her that he desired her company, exactly as he had formerly desired to enjoy Sukhi. While Satadruti was thus being married, the demons, the denizens of Gandharva Loka, the great sages and the denizens of Siddha Loka, the earthly planets and the Naga Loka. Although highly exalted, were all captivated by the tinkling of the ankle bells. King Prachina Bhari begot ten children in the womb of Satadruti. All of them were equally endowed with religiosity, and all of them were known as the Prachetas. When all these Prachetas were ordered by their father to marry and beget children, they all entered the oceans and practiced austerities and penance for ten thousand years. Thus they worship the master of all austerities, the supreme personality of Godhead. When all the sons of Prachina Bhari left home to execute austerities, they met Lord Shiva, who, out of great mercy, instructed them about the absolute truth. All the sons of Prachina Bhari meditated upon the instructions, chanting and worshiping them with great care and attention. See, all these are stories connected one to another, to another, to another. If you actually see, you will wonder that why, how these stories are falling in place, whereas time factors are concerned. These are stories within stories within stories within stories, and everything is happening simultaneously. Okay, and the main essence of this book is to reach a place where there is certain basic criteria which we are going to execute. Now, this particular chapter is chanting the song sung by Shiva. so the moment we arrive at that we should be taking up that as the main subject of discussion because all these matters which you are seeing that this one was married to that one and he had so many sons and this and that it's a part and a parcel of the lore so we when we come to the main crux of the story we should do that vidura asked maitriya my dear brahmana why did the prachetas meet lord shiva on the way please tell me how the meeting happened how lord shiva became very pleased with them and how he instructed them certainly such an important and uh, such talks are important and i wish that you please be merciful upon me and describe them is exactly what even vidura is asking maitriya sage maitriya see all the rest of the things was just carried forward like a fast forward button but here the moment the most important part came that is a time when vidura says can you please tell me exactly how the prachetas are a particular you know group of people i mean uh, uh, like we have the gandharvas we have prachetas we have a complete uh, uh, group of people who handle a particular domain all right Okay. So where were we? Okay. Right. 
My dear Brahmana, why did the Prachitas mean Lord Shiva? I think we did this verse, no? The great sage Vidura continued, O best of the Brahmanas, it is very difficult for living entities engaged within this material body to have personal contact with Lord Shiva. Even great sages who have had no material attachment do not contact him, despite they always being absorbed in meditation to attain the personal contact. Lord Shiva is the most powerful demigod. Second only to Lord Vishnu is self-sufficient. Although he has nothing to aspire in this material world, for the benefit of those in the material world, he is always busily engaged everywhere and is accompanied by the dangerous energies like Goddess Kali and Goddess Durga. Today in the afternoon only, I was asked this question, ki why is it that I have to perform sacrifice for Goddess Kali? And there was an animal sacrifice being performed at, in the afternoon. So the question that was asked was, why these kind of sacrifices are being performed? So I told her that, uh, then the question was, why does Kali want these kind of sacrifices? Now Kali is a, a form of Parvati. Now there are various kinds of forms. Okay, Some of them are benevolent forms, some of them are very very, like this one, which are dangerous energies. These are energies, these are powers, these are what is called as the potencies of the Lord. Okay. If you consider them as a woman or something like that, then, then it's going to be very difficult to understand because it's not a woman that we are talking about, it's neither a man that we are talking about. We, we are talking basically of androgynous people over here, but these are potencies and some of the potencies of Kali are very, very terrible. So like the particular ones which we discussed in the past where if you recollect when this person was doing the Yajna, in the Smashan Bhumi, at that time Kali appears in front of him. The particular Kali which appears over there is called Smashan Kali. So like that there are various dangerous ener- energies like Kali and Durga. Durga though she is a benevolent one but when she is in the battlefield it's a very very terrible energy. The great sage Maitreya continued, my dear Vidura, because of the pious nature all the sons of Prachinabari very seriously accepted the words of their father at the heart and the soul and with these words on their head they went towards the west to execute their father's orders. While, while travelling the Prachetas happened to see a great reservoir of water which seemed almost as big as the ocean. The water of this lake was so calm and quiet that it seemed like a mind of a great soul and its inhabitants. The aquatics appeared very peaceful and happy to be under the protection of such a watery reservoir. In the great lake there was a different type of lotus flower. Some of them were bluish and some of them were red. Some of them grew at night, some in the day and some like the Indira, Indivara lotus flower in the evening. Combined together the lotus flowers filled the lake so full that the lake appeared to be a great mine of such flowers. Consequently, on the shores there were swans and cranes, chakravaka, karandava and other beautiful water birds standing about. There were various trees and creepers on all sides of the lake and there were mad bumblebees humming all about them. The trees appeared to be very jolly due to the sweet humming of the bumblebees and the saffron which was contained in the lotus flower was being thrown in the air. All these created such an atmosphere that it appeared as though a festival was taking place there. The saffron which is thrown from the lotuses is basically the pollen, the pollen which is being thrown in the air, okay, because of the breeze and all. But it incidentally this particular lake was appearing very tranquil so there might not have been any breeze around 
The sons of the king became very much amazed when they heard vibrations from various drums and kettle drums along with other orderly musical instruments uh, sounds pleasing to the ear. The prachetas were fortunate to see Lord Shiva, the chief of the demigods, emerging from the water with his associates. His bodily luster was like molten gold. His throat was bluish and he had three eyes which looked very mercifully upon his devotees. He was accompanied by many musicians who were glorifying him. As soon as the Prajitas saw uh, Lord Shiva, they immediately offered their obeisance in great amazement and fell down at the lotus feet of the Lord. Lord Shiva became very pleased with the Prajitas because generally Lord Shiva is the protector of pious people and people with gentle behavior. Being very much pleased with the princesses, he began to speak as follows. Lord Shiva said, You are the sons of King Prachinabari and I wish all good fortune to you. I also know why you are going, what you are going to do and therefore I am visible to you just to show my mercy upon you. Lord Shiva continued, Any person who is surrendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, the controller of everything, material nature as well as living entities, is actually very dear to me. A person who executes his occupational duty properly for 100 births becomes qualified to occupy the post of Brahma and if he becomes more qualified, he can approach Lord Shiva. A person who is directly surrendered to Lord Krishna or Vishnu in an unalloyed devotional service is immediately promoted to the spiritual planets. Lord Shiva and other demigods attain these planets after the destruction of the material world. Uh, this particular line will tell you something which uh, I have been telling you all most of the time. Those who are basically the devotees of Sri Krishna, they come from his domain and they go back to his domain. And because they have come from the same domain, they go back into the same domain. The reason is, for that reason they are not supposed to have something which is called self-realization or any of these things, which is of any importance. You know, most of the worldly people will definitely look towards self-realization as a very, very important goal. But the devotees of Sri Krishna are basically looking at going back to the same place called Golok Vrindavana. And that is the reason why they have all these powers which are there, including realization, as one of these available. Okay? So they don't have to bother about all these things. And because they have this, so there are certain other things which come with along with it. So if you... If you are in the devotional service of Krishna, you not only get all these heavens, everything opened up to you, including realization, but you are able to even directly have conversation with most of the bigger deities in this for the material world. So what happens is, they are able to talk to even Shiva. This is something which happens to them. Now, in this it is mentioned that the unalloyed devotional service is immediately promoted to the spiritual planet. The spiritual planet as we know is Golok Vrindavana, isn't it? Now anybody who is in that particular domain of spirituality for devotional service with the Krishna, they will immediately attain him. Alright? Uh, Brito, you will have to mute. Okay. Uh, guru. Sorry. Mm.
okay so now we will come to the other demigods now what happens is for a devotee of krishna there is an immediate achievement of his planet which is called golok vrindavana but for the greatest of the gods that is brahma vishnu and mahesh or shiva as we call him for him to go towards goloka it will be at the end of the four yugas only at the end of the four yugas can shiva also go towards this particular domain till that time they cannot so here in this last line says lord shiva and the other demigods attain these planets after the destruction of the material world that means imagine how much you know of love krishna has for his devotees that they can directly approach him immediately whereas even shiva has to wait right up till the end of the four yuga that is one manavantara he has to wait for you are all devotees of the lord and as such i appreciate that you are as respectable as the supreme personality of godhead krishna i know in this way that the devotees also respect me that i am dear to them thus no one can be dearer to the devotees as i am now i shall chant one mantra which is not only transcendental pure and auspicious but is the best prayer for anyone who is aspiring aspiring to attain the ultimate goal of life when i chant this mantra please hear it carefully and attentively the great sage maitreya continued out of his causeless mercy the exalted personality lord shiva a great devotee of lord narayana continued to speak to the king's son who was standing with folded hands lord shiva addressed the supreme personality of godhead with the following prayers o supreme personality of godhead that is o krishna all glories are unto you you are the most exalted of all the self realized souls since you are always auspicious for the self realized i wish that you be auspicious for me you are worshipable by virtue of all perfect instructions you give you are the super soul therefore i offer my obeisance unto you as a supreme living being this is basically a prayer which is to be done to krishna which is even if it is shiva shiva also have to pay his obeisance to krishna exactly in the manner in which it is a respectful way of reaching him of telling him how much you love my lord you are the origin of the creation by virtue of the lotus flower which sprouts from your navel you are the supreme controller of the senses and the sense objects and you are also the all pervading vasudeva you are most peaceful and because of your self illuminated existence you are not disturbed by the six kinds of transformation my dear lord you are the origin of the subtle material ingredients the master of the integration as well as the master of the disintegration the predominating deity named shankarshana and the master of the intelligence known as the predominating deity pradyumna therefore i offer my respectful obeisance unto you my lord as the supreme directing deity known as aniruddha you are the master of the senses and the mind i therefore offer my obeisance unto you again and again you are known as ananta as well as shankarshana because of your ability to destroy the whole creation by the blazing fire from your mouth o lord aniruddha o lord o aniruddha you are the authority by which the doors of the mighty planetary systems and the liberated are opened you are always within the pure heart of the living entity therefore i offer my obeisance unto you you are the possessor of the semen which is like gold and thus in the form of fire you help vedic sacrifices beginning with the chaturkhotra therefore i offer my obeisance unto you 
my lord you are the providers of the pitra loka as well as the demigods you are the predominating deity of the moon and the master of the three vedas i offer my respectful obeisance unto you because you are the original source of satisfaction for all the living entities my dear lord you are the gigantic universal form which contains all the individual bodies of the living entities you are the maintainer of the three worlds and as such you maintain the mind senses body and the air of life within them i therefore offer my respectful obeisance unto you my dear lord by expanding your transcendental vibrations you reveal the actual meaning of everything you are the all pervading sky within and without and you are the ultimate goal of the pious activities executed both within the material world and beyond it and i therefore offer my respectful obeisance again and again unto you this is a prayer done by shiva to krishna my dear lord you are the viewer of the result of the pious activities you are inclination disinclination and the resultant activities you are the cause of the miserable conditions of life caused by irreligion and therefore you are death I offer you my respectful obeisance. My dear Lord, you are the topmost of all bestowers of all benedictions, the oldest and the supreme enjoyer amongst all enjoyers. You are the master of all the world's metaphysical philosophies, for you are the supreme cause of all causes, Lord Krishna. You are the greatest of all the religious principles, the supreme mind, and you have a brain which is never checked in any condition. Therefore, I repeatedly offer my obeisance unto you. My dear Lord, you are the supreme controller of the workers sense activities and the result of sense activities which is karma therefore you are the controller of the body mind and the senses you are also the supreme controller of egotism known as rudra you are the source of knowledge and the activities of the vedic injunctions my dear lord i wish to see you exactly in the form of your very dear devo- devotee worship Ma- in the form that your very dear devotees worship you have many other forms but i wish to see your form that is especially liked by the devotees please be merciful upon me and show me that form for only that form worshiped by the devotees can perfectly satisfy all the demands of the senses the lord's beauty resembles a dark cloud during the rainy season all the ra- ra- as the rainfall glistens his bodily features also glisten indeed he is the sum total of all beauty The Lord has four arms, an exquisitely beautiful face with eyes like lotus petals, a beautiful highly raised nose, a mind-attracting smile, a beautiful forehead, and an equally beautiful and a fully decorated ears. This is the same form which is described even in the other texts. We have done this kind of forms, I think, many a times now before this. The Lord is super excellently beautiful on account of his open and a merciful smile and his sidelong glances upon his devotees. His black hair is curly and his garments waving in the wind appear like flying saffron pollen from lotus flowers. His glittering earrings, shining helmet, bangles, garlands, ankle bells, waist belts and various other bodily ornaments combined with the conch shells, disc, club and lotus flower to increase the natural beauty of the Kaustubha pearl on his chest. The Lord has shoulders just like the lions. Upon the shoulders are garlands, necklaces, epaulets, and all these are always glittering. Besides this, there is a the beauty of the Kaustubamani pearl, and on the dark chest of the Lord, there are streaks named Srivatsa, which are the signs of the goddess of fortune. The glittering of these streaks excels the beauty of the golden streaks on a gold testing stone. Indeed, such beauty defeats a gold testing stone. 
the lord's abdomen is beautiful due to the three ripples in the flesh being so round so round his abdomen resembles the leaf of a banyan tree and when he exhales and inhales the movement of the ripples appears very very beautiful the coils within the navel of the lord are so deep that it appears that the entire universe sprouted out of it and yet again wishes to go back the lower part of the lord's waist is dark and covered with yellow garments and a belt bedecked with the golden embroidery His symmetrical lotus feet and the calves thighs and the joints of his legs are extraordinarily beautiful. Indeed the lord's entire body appears to be well built. My dear lord, your two lotus feet are so beautiful that they appear like two blossoming petals of the lotus flower which grows during the autumn season. Indeed the nails of your lotus feet emanate such great effulgence that they immediately dissipate all the darkness in the heart of a conditioned soul. My dear lord, Kindly show me that form of yours which always dissipates all the kinds of darkness in the heart of a devotee. My dear Lord, you are the supreme spiritual master of everyone. Therefore, all conditioned souls covered with the darkness of ignorance can be enlightened by you as the spiritual master. My dear Lord, those who desire to purify their existence must always engage in meditation upon your lotus feet. as described above those who are serious about executing their occupational duties and who want freedom from fear must take to the process of the bhakti yoga my dear lord the king in charge of the heavenly kingdom is also desirous of obtaining the ultimate goal of life devotional service similarly you are the ultimate destinations of those who identify themselves with you that is aham brahmasmi however it is very difficult for them to attain you whereas a devotee can very easily attain your lordship this is what we have been discussing so far where it is said that those who wish to attain the supreme divine consciousness in the form of the parabrahma what does that person do he says this mahavakya is like you know aham brahmasmi what happens is once they reach this particular domain they will not be able to cross over to the other side which is what is called as the golok vrindavana the reason is very simple the moment you reach the state of brahma you are dissolved in it you have completely are dissolved in it and you are no longer having a form of your own so without a form we have become formless you are not able to reach any other shores all right and that is the reason why it is not possible for us to for the self realized soul to reach krishna krishna can be achieved by means of devotion because its devotion so devotional aspect of it will make you reach over there but also it appears that you can also get the first divine unmanifest in your own grasp which is if you wish to you can ask for self realization also directly to krishna so that is what is being mentioned over here My dear Lord, pure devotional service is even difficult to liber- for liberated persons to discharge. Liberated persons to discharge means those who are self-realized beings. For them to have devotional service for the Lord is extremely difficult. They are not able to do it. But devotional service alone can satisfy you. 
the only way of reaching krishna is devotional service no other way is possible to reach him suppose you are trying to reach him through all this you know all other yogas which is basically what we call as anyan yoga karma yoga and every other path it is not possible to reach krishna and meet him over there only the devotional aspect only the devotional aspect of the lord only when devotion to him you will be able to achieve who will take to other positions of self realization if he is actually serious about the perfection of life i will read this passage again my dear lord pure devotional service is even difficult for liberated persons to discharge but devotional service alone can satisfy you who will take to other processes of self realization if he is actually serious about the perfection of life so those who are interested in perfecting the life they will not be in a position to reach him because they have taken up to a path which is completely devoid of reaching krishna to reach krishna the only path open is called devotional service anybody who follows the path of gnana yoga or for that matter any other yoga it is not possible to reach krishna at all and krishna is if you remember it's in the second divine unmanifest which is far above the first divine unmanifest and yes i will be answering your question at the end of this simply by explain expansion of his eyebrows invincible time personified can immediately vanquish the entire universe however formidable time does not approach the devotee who has taken complete shelter at your lotus feet see we are all bound by time in the material world because we are bound by time what happens to us we are always we if we leave off something then we have a problem in our world we have to come back for the second round so that we can complete the task it is like a complete karmic action is going on continuously whereas those who have surrendered at the feet of krishna or who are in the devotional service of the lord the time is adhin to them time is bowing down to them so they are not at all concerned whereas the time is with them so one those who have taken the shelter at the lotus feet of the lord they don't have to bother about time if one by chance associates with a devotee even for a fraction of a moment he is no longer in subject to attraction by the results of karma or gnana what interest then can we have in the benediction of the demigods who are subject to the law of birth and death so who is he talking about he is talking about the devotee of the lord who is the devotee of the lord the devotee of the lord are the gopis the sages and the saints who are always in the devotional service to krishna these are the people that he is talking about so those who come in contact with these devotees they no longer have an attraction for any other form of reaching self realization which is the results of karma or gnana those who are on the path of karma or gnana if they come in contact with the devotees of krishna directly that means let us say for example if you come in contact with the devotee of krishna let us say tukaram anyaneshwar what will happen to you you will no longer have to use the path of what is called as the path of gnana uh, there was once a very great sage who was staying during the time of gnaneshwar now this particular sage was very very powerful as far as his material worldly um, 
thing was concerned. So what he used to do was everybody in near Pune, you know, everybody over there used to bow down to him. I've forgotten his name, but I'll I'll remember it once I go through it. Uh, it so happened that when he heard about Naneshwar at that point in time, he told Naneshwar, "You have to come and see me." I think I must have told you this story once before. He says, "You have to come and see me," but Naneshwar says that I am a very small person. I am not in a position to come and see you. So this person, he comes with his entire entourage, and he is sitting on top of this elephant. He is a nyani. As a nyani, he is coming. So finally, what happens is, at that point in time, Naneshwar is sitting with his brother and sister on this small stone outside their house. So the moment their dud comes over there and says, "So and so padar rahe hain," so the moment it is told to him. he says okay i will come and meet him in his place and the entire floor lifts up and goes to meet this particular sage so when the when this particular nyani sees nyaneshwar coming on this uh, what we call as umbartha you know basically a sort of a, uh, just at the uh, when when you enter the house you have this small place where people normally sit you know that entire thing is lifted and goes over there a yeah, platform as you call it okay so when he goes over there to meet him at that time he comes to realize that this is a form an avatar of sri krishna himself and he gets down from his hathi and bows down to nyaneshwar from that day he becomes a very good devotee of the lord and then he leaves his nyani yoga and becomes a bhakti yoga person completely devoted to nyaneshwar Okay, my dear Lord, your lotus feet are the cause of the auspicious things and the destroyer of all the contamination of sins. I therefore beg your Lordship to bless me with the association of your devotees. You are completely purified by worshiping your lotus feet, and who are so merciful upon the conditioned souls. I think that your real benediction will be to allow me to associate with such devotees. Ram Krishna Paramahansa also used to say, you know, I am the slave of the devotee of, you know. the slave of the devotee that means i am the knocker of that knocker of the lord the devotee is the servant of the lord and he says i would like to be the servant of the servant of the lord this is exactly what shiva is also saying when he is talking to krishna in his prayer he says i would like to serve the devotee of the lord the devotee whose heart has been completely cleansed by the process of devotional service and who is favored by bhakti devi does not become bewildered by the external energy which is just like a dark well being completely cleansed of all the material contamination in this way a devotee is able to understand very happily your name form fame activities etc my dear lord the impersonal brahma spreads everywhere like the sunshine or the sky and the impersonal brahma which spreads throughout the universe and which is the entire universe is manifested is you my dear lord you have manifold energies and these energies are manifested in manifold forms with such energies you have also created the cosmic manifestation and although you maintain it as if it was permanent you ultimately annihilate it Although you are never disturbed by such changes and alterations the living entities are dis- disturbed by them and therefore they find their cosmic manifestation to be different or separated from you my lord you are always independent and i can clearly see this fact my dear lord your universal form 
consists of all the five elements the senses the mind the intelligence the false ego which is material and the paramatma your partial expansion which is the director of everything yogis other than the devotees namely the karma yoga and the jnana yoga yogi worship you with their respective actions of their respective positions it is stated both in the vedas and in the shastras they are the corollaries of the vedas and indeed everywhere that is all that it is only you who are to be worshiped that is the expert version of all the vedas my dear lord you are the only supreme person the cause of all the causes guru for your understanding we are actually doing what you have asked for i don't know whether you are following the track but krishna what is he is being mentioned over here so very clearly my dear lord you are the only supreme person the cause of all the causes before the creation of the material world your material energy remains in the dormant condition when your material energy is agitated the three qualities namely sattva rajas and tamas act and as a result of the total material energy egotism ether air fire water earth and all the various demigods and saintly persons becomes manifest thus the material world is created my dear lord after creating by your own potencies you enter within the creation in four kinds of forms beings within the heart of the living entities you know them and know how they are enjoying their senses the so called happiness of this material creation is exactly like the bee's enjoyment of honey after it has been collected in the honeycomb my dear lord your absolute authority cannot be directly experienced but one can guess by seeing the activities of the world that everything is being destroyed in due course of time the force of time is very strong and everything is being destroyed by something else just as one animal is being eaten by another animal time scatters everything exactly as the wind scatters clouds in the sky my dear lord all living entities within the material world are mad after planning for things and they are always busy with the desire to do this and that this is due to the uncontrollable greed the greed for material enjoyment is always existing in the living entity but your lordship is always alert and in due course of time you strike him just as the snake seizes a mouse and very easily swallows him my dear lord any learned person knows that unless he worships you the entire life is spoiled knowing this how can he give up worshiping your lotus feet even our fathers and the spiritual masters lord brahma unhesitantly worshiped you and the 14 manus followed in the footsteps my dear lord all actually learned persons who know you as the supreme brahma and the super soul although the entire universe is afraid of lord rudra who ultimately annihilates everything for the learned devotees you are the fearless fearless destination of all my dear son of the king just execute your occupational duty as king with a pure heart just chant the prayer fixing your mind on the lotus feet of the lord that will bring you all good fortune for the lord will be very much pleased with you therefore o son of the king the supreme personality of god and hari is situated in everyone's heart he is also within your hearts therefore chant the glories of the lord and always meditate upon him continuously my dear prayer my dear princess in the form of prayer i have delineated the yoga system of chanting the holy name 
All of you should take this important stotra within your mind and promise to keep it in order to become great sages. By acting silently like the great sage and by giving attention and reverence, you should practice this method. This prayer was first spoken to us by Lord Brahma, the master of all creators. The creator headed by Bhrigu were instructed in their prayers because they wanted to create. When all the Prajapatis were ordered to create by Lord Brahma, we chanted these prayers in praise of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and became completely free from our ignorance. Thus we were able to create different types of living entities. A devotee of Lord Krishna, whose mind is always absorbed in him, who is a great attention and reverence chants this Stotra prayer, will achieve the greatest perfection of life without delay. In this material world, there are different types of achievements, but but of all of them, the achievement of knowledge is considered to be the highest because one can cross the ocean of nations only in the boat of knowledge. Otherwise, the ocean is impossible. Although rendering in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead and worshipping Him are very difficult, if one vibrates or simply reads this stotra composed and sung by me, he will very easily be able to invoke the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the deep, dear, most objective of all auspicious benedictions. A human being who sings the song sung by me can please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such a devotee, being fixed in the Lord's devotional service, can acquire whatever he wants from the Supreme Lord. A devotee who rises early in the morning and with folded hands chants this prayer sung by Lord Shiva and gives facility to others to hear them certainly becomes free of all the bondage of fruitive activities. My dear sons, of the king, the prayer I have recited to you are meant for pleasing the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Super Soul. I advise you to recite these prayers which are effective as the great austerities. In this way, when you are mature, your life will be successful and you will certainly achieve all your desired objectives without fail. This ends the chapter chanting of the song sung by Lord Shiva. Now, what we were actually doing, if you see, you know, everywhere it was mentioned, say, uh, sing this particular Mantra. What is the mantra? The mantra is nothing but the name of Krishna. If you see, the entire prayer that was there, which Shiva said, was nothing but praises to Krishna. Of who he is, how he is, what is his form, what kind of things he owns. These are the things which are very, very important. What else can we pray? What else can we say that he is the best thing that has happened in this world, that you are the... Supreme Divine Consciousness, you are this and you are that. It is only praises to the Lord, that's it. For Krishna, that is the only kind of prayer that can be said to him. And that is the reason why what Shiva has done is, he has given this mantra in the form of a prayer to Krishna. Now, no, is it the... No, no, it is not the Sahasranam. Sahasranam are 1001 names for the Lord. They are only names. Basically, it is like... Your mother will call you by one name. Your wife will call you by another name. Your son will call you by one more name. Your boss will call you by one more name. Your downlines will call you by one more name. These are the various names that you have. But they are not qualifications. Basically, they are not in praise to you. They are not praises to you. Praises. Basically, what you heard just now were the praises in the form of a prayer to Sri Krishna. Telling him who he is, what he is, what kind of effulgence does he have, what kind of hands he has, what kind of body he has, what kind of face he has. Isn't this like when 
when we meet our beloved we describe her form we say oh it is like this or when when you see a very handsome person you say oh he is so handsome he is like this he is like that so what happened over here was just nothing but a total yes it's like a total admiration of the lord we are admiring every portion of his being we are saying oh my god you have such beautiful stuff i know your hair is like this your your nose is like this your eyes are like this this is like that. it's nothing but only talking about his very beautiful form and what are the potencies that he holds whatever potencies that he holds is always praised and this is just nothing but the prayer for the divine lord what happens over there is the moment you say these kind of things the form of the lord is created in front of you lord shiva over here has said that he has never seen the form if you remember the one of the verses where he says only the devotees get to see the form so he says i would like to see the devotee i would like to be devoted to the devotee so that what the devotee says to krishna i will be very happy to hear and be a part of that we can partake that kind of a prasad you know where what comes to me and this is exactly what we have to do we have to follow what the devotees do and not what we you know what we feel like you know it's not about offering him some sort of a bribe or something like that. there is no bribery that you can do to him krishna will never be happy with the bribes that you can give him he is only bothered about love and devotion rest of the things he is not bothered you try to offer him with some jnana and all that the doors are closed and which you have seen in this particular chapter where it is mentioned that those who are the jnanis or those who are yogis who form do karma yoga even those are not allowed inside his domain only those who are the highest of the devotees are allowed inside his domain now what i will do is i will stop over here